0: Hello and welcome to Watch It Baptist Church My name's Mike, I'm the pastor at WBC And we're back into a new phase of a series called Being Church On this occasion we're looking at the subject of reading the Bible We're going to spend some time looking at one or two passages And having a think about how we do this together as a body of Christ Particularly in a local way Before we go any further though, let's pray Lord, in this fabulous backdrop in the West Somerset countryside, we ask that you would uh, breathe life into us, that you would allow your face to turn to us, and as the sunshine shines on me and warms me, may your presence warm and encourage us in this session. Amen. This is a fabulous and in some ways, scary topic to be thinking about. Fabulous, because I believe the Bible to be wonderful as a resource for us, as a way in which God has revealed himself to us, and absolutely worthy of our time and attention all the time. But scary, because you could say, it kind of makes no sense to devote our entire talk to it, because it's so self-evident because it's so obviously a thing we should prioritize almost why bother saying so well I've got a couple of reasons that I want us to to sort of dance around a little bit I suppose they're not so much points for me to draw out but things for us to consider first one is that if something is good it's worth talking about it's worth reminding ourselves that it's good and not just assuming that we all know it is It is um, well known that David Beckham spent a lot of time in training when he was still a professional footballer, taking free kick after free kick after free kick in order to be able to get them on target when the match actually took place. As a result, he was a really good free kick taker, but he still did miss sometimes. Now, we all know that practice is really important To, to master something. You need thousands of hours spent with it. But that doesn't mean just because it's self-evident and people know that you don't then encourage people to practice. And I think the same is true of reading the Bible. We, we know as disciples of Jesus that it's important that there are good reasons to spend a lot of time with our Bibles. And that means it's important to reach, encourage each other to do exactly that. As we've spent some time thinking about uh, as a church, we're aware that accountability is really important as we go about being disciples, followers of Jesus, as apprentices to his way of living. And if we're going to be accountable in the things that really matter, that must include being accountable to each other when it comes to how we read and when we read and how much we read our Bible. So that's one part of it. The second part is because there's a lot of ways in which um, uh, the church's way of talking about the Bible is foreign to non-church ears. And that there are lots of assumptions out there as well about what the Bible is and isn't, how it works and how it doesn't. Now there's more to say than I'll have time to talk about here but I do want to go over some things that I think are essential in our understanding of what the Bible is and how we should handle it. So the first thing I'm going to do, I've written down some verses that I want to refer to here. The first thing I want to do is to take us to Deuteronomy 6. To nine, I think it's really important that we uh, look at what the Bible tells us about the Bible. In some ways this is tricky because of course the Bible didn't exist as a complete unit even when the last bits of the New Testament were written. And those writing the Old Testament didn't even know the New Testament existed or would exist. However, there is discussion about the law and its role and its importance and how it should be handled. So we go to Deuteronomy for that reason. So in Deuteronomy 4, Moses writes that uh, we are to love the Lord our God with all our hearts and with all our mind and with all our soul. No, with all our heart, soul and strength. Uh, And, I'm just going to pause while I let the car go by. Uh, And he then says, this law is really important that I'm giving you. So write it on your gateways, write it on your doorposts, and, and make sure you refer back to it. Put it in places where you just can't escape it, where it's an essential part of your day-to-day life, where it's where it's not optional to engage with it because it's always there. So for us, I think that means not just that we maybe... Um, put up Bible verses on our, on our gateways or um, for our postman to read or whatever else, but that we do things like having, um, as some of us do, um, bits of scripture uh, up on the walls as art around our homes, that we have um, bookmarks with Bible verses on, even in books that aren't Christian books, um, that we, uh, as as my wife does at home, writes um, with chalk on slate, different verses uh, from time to time so that we're reminded of things as we go about day-to-day life i think what part of what moses is telling us part of what god is telling us through moses in this section is that um, because of our humanity we're not going to retain things like we would like to we're not going to be as familiar with God's commands and laws and instructions as we would like to think we would be so we need reminding all the time. It's on this basis and and um, Henry goes on to talk about the way in which we um, we talk with our children about this these things as we go along the road we talk to each other about it in in everyday conversation it's as we get to that that we really get a grasp of how um, the Bible believes the Bible to be important. Bible is an expression also of revelation Now, this is really significant both for what it is and for what it isn't so the Bible expresses who God is it reveals him to us in his character in his ways of being and doing it tells us an awful lot about what God's motivations are and what he thinks about his world and everything that lives in it including the humanity that he designed So we get to know God best by looking at the ways he has chosen to reveal himself. Now this isn't limited to the Bible. Paul talks at some length in the New Testament about how uh, creation, stuff like you see behind me, is a witness to what God is like and that this is inescapable. Everyone can see it. So it's not the only revelation, but it is a particularly important one it's one we should take really seriously and focus time and energy on. I remember a a colleague of mine when I was training talking about some challenges that he'd discovered in uh, preaching and teaching in his church at the time Uh, and particularly from folks who felt that um, uh, that this guy, this, this colleague of mine shouldn't be making so much of a complicated thing out of the Bible, that they should just take it at face value and invest in that. And my colleague responded by saying, if we really want to know what the Bible says, we need to be willing to put in all the effort we can to understanding it. I'm reminded of of Peter, who was such a, a simple guy, the Apostle Jesus close friend Peter who let him down so badly uh, in the run-up to the crucifixion and resurrection that Peter was a really very straightforward very direct um, very hot on his sleeve person I remember a conversation with uh, someone around the church um, some years ago who who said um, I'm like Peter and I have a simple and uncomplicated faith and I remember thinking the thing about peter was although we see that of him particularly in the gospel accounts what we then find out later is that he writes when he writes these letters in the new testament he's not that guy anymore he has responded to how jesus addressed him on the beach after the resurrection he has responded to the way in which the spirit speaks to him in acts 10 and he becomes a different guy still we see some of the ways in which his personality brings challenges he is he has given his life to knowing jesus better even after jesus ascension to be with his father and so there's a willingness to engage to think deeply to discuss to discern together to be in dialogue and to study in depth there is no um, substitute for this so the revelation of by god of himself is crucial here and that's a revelation which is explained by Paul in 2 Timothy 3.16 when he says all Scripture is um, inspired by God or breathed by God and is useful for um, training, rebuking, correcting uh, in righteousness. There's a couple of things I want to just dip into there. One is that Paul says God gave us Scripture, gave us the Bible, gave us this revelation of who he is. It is a gift, it's a present, so that we might understand God better. He also says it's useful for all kinds of things. The three he mentions are um, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. But we also know that the Bible is great for encouraging and for building up and for uh, being reassured of God's presence and sovereignty and power uh, that the Bible has so much to offer us in terms of revealing who God is. But Paul's also saying that this this whole idea of the Bible is that God has inspired it to be written. He has breathed it through people. It's at this point uh, that I'm going to go to Matthew 5. So in Matthew 5, Jesus makes a point uh, about how he hasn't come to get rid of the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets is is a way of describing the Bible as Jesus knew it. It was uh, the Torah, the, the law, um, and uh, things called the Writings, as well as the prophets. So the Writings included Psalms and Proverbs and things like that. So, um, so he says, I haven't come to abolish them or get rid of them. Or I've come to fulfil them. What's interesting about that is that is that what the idea that Jesus gives us there, the description he gives us, the thing he's trying to tell us, is that he fulfills the intention that God expresses to us through the Bible through this amazing revelation of who he is is then um, kind of encapsulated or or, uh, consummated or fulfilled by who Jesus is and what he says and what he will go on to do and to be in that way Jesus is telling us that uh, the Bible is um, absolutely a revelation And precious and holy and not to be messed with and he's also saying it is not the Bible that we are to ultimately trust and follow the Bible is trustworthy but it's not that we're called to trust a book we're called to trust a person that takes me on to Matthew 28 uh, where Jesus says as he meets his um, disciples for the last time before his ascension says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me Uh, therefore go and make disciples of all peoples um, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded now how good is it that we have this Bible so that we know what it is that Jesus commanded we would not be able to obey that instruction be obedient in that way if it weren't for the gospel writers writing down what Jesus said we need this Bible we need this revelation of who God is. We need this revelation of how Jesus lived and what that means for us. There are no better ways of understanding what Jesus did and said than by reading them for yourself or having them read to you. Uh, and I do recommend that, by the way. Audio versions of the Bible are out there. and many of them are really good there are one or two that are a bit rubbishy um there are one or two that's kind of got this weird mid-atlantic robotic voice which doesn't get the cadences right and doesn't know where the punctuation is but there's um the davis Suchet one is really awesome and there are others so we need we need this revelation we need the bible it's really good that we have it um and i think it's essential for us but going back to the beginning of those three verses, Jesus says, all power and authority has been given to me. All authority, not power, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus acknowledges before his disciples and then before us as well, that authority rests with him. And this is where I think it gets a bit um importance to be careful in how we describe what the Bible is. So if the ultimate authority in heaven and earth is Jesus, and is Jesus because that's where the Father has chosen to put that authority, then Jesus' authority is greater than that of the Bible. The Bible reveals God to us, describes God to us, explains God to us. It gives us instructions. We need to be aware of how they are supposed to be understood. It gives us lots of instructions. Because the Father understands that as humanity, we tend to need guidance. But ultimately, the authority rests not with the written word, but with Jesus himself. And on one level, of course, it does. It has to do because the Bible is written down by people. It's not been inscribed by the Father. Moses comes down from the mountain, doesn't he, in uh, Exodus with these tablets of stone and then smashes them and then has to go back and get them again. just going to pause for a second while another car goes past. There's an uphill climb by me, so that's why the people are going a bit slower, their engines are a bit loud. Um, so the, the, these stone tablets are inscribed Um but that doesn't doesn't mean that the bible has been um inscribed by god now this can be a little controversial there are certainly lots of christians out there who struggle to some extent with this way of understanding things and i understand that i understand it because in a chaotic world um, one of the things that Many of us really want is something definitive, something uh, that requires no interpretation, that requires no identification, that can just be picked up and, and carried away. Uh, that, for many people, um, and, and I include myself in this, in lots of ways, having a, a set of structured rules and instructions provides a lot of peace and a lot of comfort I remember, I'm sure I've used this quote before I remember Douglas Adams in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy as these two philosophers talk about life, the universe and everything saying we demand rigidly defined areas of doubt and uncertainty there is this sense that even for for the broadest and most creative thinkers who are self-determined in that thinking still need some fixed boundaries everybody, I think, does And so it can be difficult to read the Bible as a thing that needs our discernment, as a thing that needs to be understood and reflected on. And the safest way to avoid that is to say, well, God inscribed it. it It is word for word dictated. The Bible itself does present us with some challenges when it comes to that line of thinking. And it's these kinds of challenges that I think has left uh, lots of folks uh, interpreting that to um, Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and his useful thing, as as a strictly as an inspired thing, not as a dictated thing. So, in Mark chapter 1, verse 2, the writer of the gospel says, as it says in Isaiah, and then quotes Malachi, Malachi 3. Now, it's not a problem is it? Partly because then the second quote he gives is from Isaiah and partly because the quote he gives from Malachi is really pertinent and, and appropriate and useful so there's no problem with it unless we have got ourselves into a position where we say we cannot allow the Bible to have be been written by people under God's inspiration, it has to have been dictated by God because if it is dictated by God and there's an error in it, then, then what do we do? Um I know a lot of people feel it's uncomfortable to have conversations about the Bible uh, contradicting itself. Uh, and there are certainly folks um, who I've got a lot of time for who would say the Bible never contradicts itself. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with them. The Bible doesn't contradict itself in what it teaches. It is in that way inerrant. It's inerrant in what it teaches. Everything it teaches is true. And... Um, But you do need to wrestle with things like Proverbs 26, verses 4 to 5, where the writer writes in verse 24, do not answer a fool according to his folly. And then the very following sentence says, answer a fool according to his folly, or else he'll think he's wise. So you get these two conflicting instructions. And that, I think, means reminds us that we need to be discerning, Uh, And we need to engage the Holy Spirit in how we read, as well as recognising the Spirit is involved in what was written. Our understanding is shaped by the Spirit, not just the writing. I am just going to go back and and just re-emphasise that point about authority. In in Colossians uh, 1... Jesus is described as one in whom God's fullness did dwell. This isn't a card. This is a full-blown lorry. There it goes. Um, so, it's, it's Paul writing in Colossians says, um, God was pleased to have his entire fullness dwell in Jesus. Uh, if that's the case, then the fullness of God is found in a man, and that man is Jesus. And to be careful that we don't assume that the fullness of God is found in paper and print. Not least because there's a very important reality about translation. Um, I've come across it in two or three places, but certainly uh, I'd want to pass on to you that no translation is possible without interpretation. Every time someone translates something, they are interpreting it. It's, it's very often not intended, and some people work very hard at avoiding it. And and that's why very often Bible translations are worked out in groups and teams of people, because they are determined not to bring a bias to bear. But the reality is, any Bible translator who has a theological position is going to interpret various bits of the Hebrew or Greek original text through the lens of their theology. We need to be aware that we have a responsibility to involve the Holy Spirit and others in how we read we also need to recognize that we are going to find people who disagree with us and that doesn't mean that we have to um, kick them out it doesn't mean that we have to break unity with them um, it is really important that key elements of theology are kept uh, and not corrupted but generally speaking we have a safeguard for that which is the creeds anyway where do we land all this? Well, I'd want to say a couple of things. One is that um, it is crucial that we read the Bible and we read it together. We are not going to be able to get a good grasp of who God is and how he works without reading with care, uh, with the support of other people and by that I mean the whole of, of the Christian community, so not just people you might sit down and and read aloud with but people who have read ahead of us and have written about those things so um, commentaries and, and Bible guides not, aren't always going to tell us um, things we like and sometimes they'll tell us things that we um, strongly disagree with or even things that might just be plain wrong But engaging with uh, the community of Christ over uh, many years is a valuable part of how we read and not just limiting our listening to those who say what we already think. The second thing is that there is no substitute for a rhythm. So um, we are called absolutely to have a relationship with Jesus. In fact, Jesus... Uh, we were pondering this around Easter Jesus when he's talking to his disciples in John's Gospel just before his arrest says I no longer call you servants I call you friends because everything the Father has revealed to me I've passed on to you there is a relationship that is in place as we know Jesus and that's a relationship with a person and we we can't have a relationship uh, in the same way with a thing so our trust is in Jesus because he has authority not uh, in the same way in the Bible, which is a created thing. Uh, and it's important. The Bible tells us we're not to worship created things, and the Bible is a created thing. We need to remember that authority belongs to Jesus, that our relationship is with Jesus, that our instructions, uh, the instructions that are given in the Bible, are fulfilled by Jesus, and that God's intention is ultimately. Um, brought to fruition through Jesus, through his life and death and resurrection and ascension and his coming again. Having said that, yes, the, the rhythm thing. It, our relationship with Jesus is something that we need to nurture. And we do that by talking to him, but we also do it by getting to know him. Uh, and as I said right at the start, getting to know Jesus does involve very much us um Spending time with this revelation of who God is, which is the Bible. I think I'd want to finish by saying uh, categorically that the Bible is essential. uh, That, as I said before, there is no substitute for it. um, That I would want to echo the voice from Deuteronomy that says, look, put God's law everywhere that you look, put it where other people are looking too, so that when they've walked in through your gates and they've arrived at your door, they've already seen something of uh, the Bible as they've arrived. I could get all sort of punchy and, and pushing and say, this is how often you need to read your Bible. I'm not sure that's going to be very helpful because the best reason to read it is because you want to understand this revelation of God rather than because your pastor has told you that you must. What I would say is that um, having time set aside each day where you not just read, but dwell with this revelation of God is only going to strengthen your relationship with Jesus. That following a plan can be a good idea because coming up over and over again with new and creative ways to, to read the Bible can be arduous for us. And there are those who have worked hard to find ways to help us engage and and it's worth looking at some of those I'd encourage you to dwell with it by um, slow and repeated reading There's a thing called Lectio Divina which you can look up online or ask me about uh, which is to do with slow steady holy reading of scripture Uh, and that I'd encourage you to engage with the bible as in creative ways too so that can be to to draw out um, in in art or in pencil drawings or in colouring pens or in crayons or whatever, the stories that you read or something of what what your reading is telling you. So a different way to to bring your focus to bear on it. And ultimately, to share with those around you what you're reading and why it's important to you, what you're getting out of it. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask our three questions for this session father we thank you we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your revelation of yourself and we ask that you would work in our hearts and minds to keep bringing us back to it help us raise it to that priority place in our lives that it deserves help us remember that everything it teaches is without error Help us to invest in it as a way of investing in our relationship with you. Amen. Question one. How can others help you in your commitment to read the Bible and spending time with that revelation of who God is? How can others help you with that? Question two, what resources do you have to help you understand and wrestle with the Bible? What other books do you turn to? What other um, people that you trust to talk with about it? What are, the, um, what are the other sort of written resources that you go for? I emphasise written because I think that while there's a lot of good input on the internet, the internet is very difficult to filter and can be a very difficult place to be confident that you're getting healthy teaching from. Besides which, um, where people have spent the time reading uh, and then writing about what they've read, uh, there is um, in lots lots of cases, most cases, a greater depth to access through that than there would be through online presentations. I say this very aware that this limits the uh, gravity of my own. I'm okay with that. And question three. What part of the Bible, or parts, do you want to get to know better, to study more and have a better grasp of? Maybe it's um, a classic One Chronicles with its lists and so on. Maybe it's the second half of Daniel full of its prophetic and apocalyptic content. Maybe it's something obscure in the New Testament like Jude. What what is it that you really want to wrestle with and grapple with? And how are you going to start getting to grips with that? Thank you for being with us for this session, which is a little longer than many of the others. But I hope it's been helpful in thinking about how we engage with the Bible, what it means to us, and how we take God's word revelation of himself with us as we seek to follow jesus amen and take care and god bless